Did you get more wood? Oh yeah. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blast Burn Radio. I am your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me, as always, are our holly jolly friends, our Christmas time co-hosts, Celeste and Messer Engine. Uh, thank you for joining me today, folks. How are you doing? Doing good. Bah humbug. <laughs> Why do you enjoy no holidays, Messer Engine? Did no one hug you as a child? <laughs> I, it's not true. I love Thanksgiving. We had Halloween, which I didn't like. We had Thanksgiving, which I totally liked but was sick for, and now we're approaching Christmas, my my second least favorite holiday ever. I think I like Patriot's Day more than I like Christmas. <sighs> One of these days you'll have a good Christmas and your heart will grow three sizes that day. It's entirely possible. You know, it is a blast burning Christmas this year. <laughs> it is indeed a blast burning Christmas. So how are you doing, Mess? How was your week this week? My week was bananas last week i told everybody that my car was in the shop and i was supposed to get it back monday i had a part like rush ordered in to get repairs done well it turned out that because of all like the freak snowstorm in the south that the part didn't arrive on time didn't come in until tuesday and then tuesday it turned out that they ordered the wrong part (laughs) uh and therefore they had to overnight another part for wednesday Uh, So I didn't have my car back till Thursday this week, which made getting to and from work very, very interesting, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, Wasn't too thrilled about that. But other than that, the week's been good. Uh, It's I I had a short week this week. I had to take a day off because of uh, car trouble. I saw The Last Jedi yesterday, so that was awesome. Super exciting. No spoilers. Won't tell anyone anything. Just go see it. Right now. Like, stop the podcast, go see it, come back, and then, then listen. Now, I, I have to ask, Mess, if you order an Uber in the frozen north of Maine, is, is it a moose that comes and gets you and takes you to your destination? No, that's Canada. I mean, tomato, tomato. It's a slid pulled by penguins. Yeah, you know, my uh, my Honda Fit, which we've previously discussed, uh is an interesting car to own in Maine because it's not terrible in the snow and if you're a a careful driver it's totally fine but you have to understand that the roads up here are slick throughout most of the wintertime there's a lot of ice um, and you have to be really careful and I always joke to people about my car that it's realistically a motorized dog sled (laughs) that's what it is there's no weight to it. There's no grit. I, I just kind of like got to let it go in whatever direction I've I've given the gas to and just kind of coast there. Did you get a chance to play any of your uh, your Ultrasun this week? I know that you've been slowly chugging through due to time constraints. How's that going for you? Uh, my Ultra Moon is going fine. It's just like really slow going. I am doing the second trial right now with the Wishy Washies and... Of course, because I play like once a week and I don't really think about what's in my party. I'm just like, oh, where am I? What do I do? Uh, I just walked into the second trial with an egg, uh, a Pichu, a bag on. uh, And then 
on, on the good side of the team, I have a, a Halucha, I have uh, my Poplio, um, and who else is the team? Oh, an Eevee right now uh, that I I want to evolve into a Leafeon. But right now it's it's no 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 grass, no fun. So yeah, you try killing totem Pokemon with a Pichu three levels under. It's it's frightening. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty valid. Pichu is not exactly known for being a fucking powerhouse of a workhorse. That something could sneeze on it and it would die. <laughs> that is a really interesting and really cool team that you have, though. Like, I like a lot of those Pokemon. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Like, I have been trying to pay, like, really close attention to what encounters are actually available. Like, I didn't do that really well when I was playing Ultra Sun, uh, or playing Sun and Moon originally. Excuse me. Um, so, now that I'm playing Ultra Moon, I'm like, oh, what's actually available here? Like, I saw that Bagon was available as, like, a, it's like a 1 to 3% encounter. And I just spent 30, 40 minutes running around in the grass till I got one because I've never played with the Salamence before. And I was like, oh, this will be really cool and really fun. But right now, its stats are garbage. And I, I just like Peach, you think sneeze on it. And it goes, oh, oh, God, my heart. My heart. <laughs> I feel like this challenge that we're doing is making me a better player for that and looking up routes and stuff like that because <laughs> I never used to. No fucking joke. I never used to either, and now I'm like, oh, what's here? What do I need to have? Also, how is a much better Pokemon trainer this time around? He actually thinks for once. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, the change in direction, especially early for how in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon is very subtle. Like, it's not super overstated, but I feel like it's important. And, you know, the slightly different path that he's on from the beginning definitely that direction strengthens through the game. And I, I like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon How a lot better than original Flavor How. I like seeing him walk around with his Lidden. Or his Tora Cat now. I, I just get salty as fuck, because I'm like, oh great, you can have your starter following you around having adventures. Mine's stuck in a fucking Pokeball. Thanks, Game Freak. <laughs> Maybe they'll add that in the next game. Is I'm I'm really I'm really hopeful that they will. They actually they data mined um assets of overworld sprites for all of the the existing Pokemon, so all eight hundred and two, I think eight hundred and three, eight hundred and four, whatever the fucking number we're up to now is. Um but all of the Pokemon have overworld sprites for, for walking. Um, which led to speculation that that was an intended feature for Sun and Moon and then Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, but that the 3DS couldn't handle it. So I'm hopeful that that means that we'll get it on Switch. I mean, if it was a technical constraint, they should have it on Switch. There's no excuse at that point. Yeah, Switch handles Breath of the Wild just fine with no lag. Yeah, and if, they, if they've already done the, the work of modeling the assets, like it would be almost a criminal waste not to. Yeah, it, it's it's well. I guess we'll see in like six to eight months. They'll start talking about it. I'm excited for that. We we can't go too long without being in another release season and having all sorts of new speculation and bullshit to talk about. Um, but that's that's enough looking at the future of, of Pokemon. Let's go back to <laughs> where we're at. Um, Celeste, how are you, hon? How was your week this week? My week was weird. It was really awful at the beginning of the week because Monday I decided to surprise my fiance by cooking. A couple steaks, and I did that by uh, searing them in an apartment with not much ventilation. The only ventilation fan we have for our uh, stove is on our microwave above the stove, and it just can't handle that. And it's cold outside, so I didn't open any of the windows, and that was really dumb of me. 
so the smoke completely damaged my lungs because I have asthma to begin with, and I couldn't breathe for two days. Yeah, smoke inhalation is no joke. I'm sorry that happened to you. That must have sucked. Yeah, I, I feel like an idiot for doing that. But I'm okay now, thankfully. And I'm slowly catching up with sleep and stuff. Oxygen is good. Yes, yes it is. I was actually going to go to the ER on Tuesday, but it cleared up Tuesday afternoon, so I didn't go. Do you have a rescue inhaler, Celeste? I used to. My asthma doesn't attack me that much. Um, it's usually exercise-induced, and it's usually heavy exercise-induced. So usually when I exercise, I just walk, and it never comes up. So I haven't gone to a doctor for one in a long time. Okay, v- very gentle scolding from your friendly neighborhood healthcare provider. Talk to your primary medical doctor and ask for a rescue inhaler just to have one. That's really important to have, even if it's a very mild, mild minor risk. Yeah, I should do that. And this has, once again, been Healthcare with Jolly. I can't help it. <laughs> it's who I am. Uh, yeah, speaking of which, yeah, that was... I had a really interesting work week. Um, so, you know, I do work in a, in a healthcare field, particularly I work in pharmacy and my job can get to be very soul crushing and draining after a while, just because of the nature of a lot of what I do. Um, you know, I'll, you have to do a lot of things in pharmacy that are not what you get in pharmacy to do, if that makes sense. Like you, you get in the industry to, to help people and to help them manage their healthcare and to help make that more accessible and better for them. But you get bogged down in inventory management and, and the business side of things and just all that bullshit and nonsense dealing with insurance, all of that. And it's just frustrating and it, it doesn't feel great, but I got to spend an entire day basically just putting out fires, which is really stressful, but I was also directly helping people and making an immediate and visible impact on their satisfaction and on their quality of life and health. And that is, as someone who works in healthcare, that is food for my fucking soul. That's awesome. Chicken soup for the soul? Uh, Chicken soup for the soul, Norco for the soul, whatever, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I sling pills, man. What do you expect? (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a big one around here. Um, today was my oldest daughter's fourth birthday party, not her fourth birthday that comes in the, in the following week. Um, but we had her party today and I am a sleepy boy right now because that whole process is utterly exhausting. So yeah, that, but it was good though. Like it was really good to see family. It was really good to let her feel really special. You know, this is like she knew what was going on last birthday, but she really gets it now. Like she's not a baby. She's a kid now, which is utterly fucking mind blowing for me as a father. Um, but that's, that's where I'm at. I don't have two babies anymore. I have one baby and one child, one little girl. And that's just fucking wild. Um, my Pokemon week was pretty boring. Actually, I'm still soft resetting for that shiny poi pole and it still has yet to show its face. I'm up to about 2,500 resets now. Jeez. And that's when you crit and kill it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thankfully, thankfully it is a gift Pokemon. If it is shiny, I just get it. I don't have to battle the fucking thing. <laughs> well, that's good. Cause knowing you're like, you would kill it. yeah 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 um so okay that's where we're at folks so let's find out what's going on in the pokemon community and surprisingly there is a fair amount of pokemon news this week so let's go ahead and cover it do the jingle 
Here is the Poke News. Poke News. All right, guys. So as of the recording of this podcast, as of December 16th, the Johto X Alola online tournament that we've been discussing for the past several weeks is going on right now. Literally right now, you could be participating. Um, if you are participating, then good luck in your battles and enjoy your sweet 50 BP participation award. Uh, if you did not sign up, then it's too late to sign up. So sorry. Uh, we'll catch you next time, though. Uh, And then also calling back to previous episodes, there is currently a global mission through the Festival Plaza in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. All trainers worldwide are collectively challenged to have fun Mantine surfing. Now, they actually lowered the bar on this event before it went live. Um, The initial goal and the goal that we reported last week was 2 million BP collectively earned. Uh, They lowered it and now challenge us to earn a cumulative total of 1 million BP in rewards from the Mantine surfing minigame. That goal has already been fucking destroyed. It's been blown out of the water. So congratulations, trainers. As of the recording of this podcast, the global Pokemon community has logged a total of 2.8 million BP and counting from Mantine Surfing. Now, the event is active through Christmas Day, and you can still get in on the reward for participating, so be sure to speak to the Global Mission Receptionist in the Festival Plaza and do at least one trip through the Mantine Surf minigame to have your contribution countered and earn your sweet, sweet rewards for victory, because we are already victorious. Hurrah! Now, it's also worth noting before you attempt to go online to resolve this in the Festival Plaza that the first patch uh, version 1.1 for Pokemon Ultra Sun Ultra Moon went live this week and is required for all online activity. Uh, It was a bug fix patch, fixing a number of moves that weren't working entirely as intended and also a bug that could cause freezes early in the game, specifically after choosing Litten as your starter, Um, which I chose Litten. So thankfully, I was not affected by that particular bug, but apparently it was a thing. Uh, you will need to update your game version before accessing any online features, including that global mission and the festival plaza. So make sure to take care of that um, before you log in like I didn't. Um, and then I was a salty boy. <laughs> I went to go uh, go do that today, actually. And it was like, you must update your game. And I was like, I, I don't have time right now. I guess I'm doing this later. Yeah, there there should really be a more intuitive way to update your your games on really that that's just kind of the running theme of all Nintendo hardware of there should be a more intuitive way to do this. Like like if if my game is updated and my system is connected to the internet, then clicking on the game should make you trigger you to go, "Hey, there's a new update. Would you like to update before you play?" And then I would say, "Yes, yes I would." And it would be fucking done. But fucking Nintendo, how does it work? Nobody knows. I don't even think they know. Uh, as long as they keep giving us Pokemon and Into the Wilds and uh, Mario Odysseys, I'm not going to complain too hard. All right, guys. Now, probably the biggest piece of Pokemon news this week is not actually related to Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon. Uh, if you'll recall our coverage of the virtual console release of Pokemon Gold and Silver, two of our largest concerns or criticisms were the lack of a crystal version release, as well as making the Celebi obtained go to your Gen 7 game instead of being usable in your Gen 2 playthrough. Uh, well, it seems that Game Freak has heard us loud and clear because this week they announced the virtual console re-release of Pokemon Crystal for the 2DS and 3DS family of consoles. At last! Uh, the game... Hooray! Um, the game... 
the game becomes available on January 26th of 2018, and it has been confirmed that finally Celebi will be obtainable in-game in this release. So finally, for the first time ever, North American trainers will be able to have a legitimate route to obtain a Celebi in Gold Silver Crystal. Now, some fans are criticizing the timing of these releases uh, and the addition of Celebi as a thinly veiled cash grab, um, essentially saying that they released gold and silver first. So you would buy those and then released crystal later with the additional draw of a Celebi so that you would buy both. Um, and there's merit to that. Like, I think that that's a pretty accurate statement of the motives of game freaking Nintendo. Uh, that being said with a price tag of 10 us dollars, I'm personally just glad that they're releasing it at all. And I'll gladly pony up the cash to support that move. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think anyone is surprised that they were going to release it. Like that, that was going to happen. It's business. (laughs) Yeah. I'm personally just glad that they gave us a legitimate reason to have it other than just saying, because it's crystal, because I still would have bought it, but at least this way I get a cool Celebi out of it. I've never played the crystal version directly. I've played gold and silver, but I've never played crystal. So I will definitely be picking it up to play in my just super large amounts of time. (laughs) (laughs) Crystal is, you know, I don't get me wrong. I think that all of the third versions that we've seen so far, so crystal and emerald and platinum, um, have all done the concept justice, but uh, Crystal kind of set the expectation of what that concept was, and I think it did a really, really good job of doing that. I mean, realistically, I'm going to buy it, and then I'm going to probably wait to play it for a little bit, because I'm going to have like flashbacks to this challenge's no-healing madness that we're going through. <laughs> and you're just going to be sitting there going, no, no, Faulkner, no, don't do it, don't, don't- do it, Faulkner. <laughs> bad, bad Pidgeotto. You didn't even do half the gems no healing though. It doesn't matter. The stress of just having to decide that is enough for me to be like, oh shit. And plus, I'm I'm at five and three right now, and there'll be no more of that through the end. So Jolly's too close now. <laughs> <laughs> I am breathing right the fuck down your neck. Um, now, in addition to the uh, the announcement of the re-release of Pokemon Crystal, there was just a, a minor thing that came up in addition to our coverage last week of the, the new additions to Pokemon Go. Did you want to talk about that for us, Mess? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Ho-Oh is uh, done for their, uh, their legendary raids, and Groudon has appeared to take its place. So, definitely uh, be looking for that uh, coming up through January 15th of 2018. So go out there, get a big Godzilla in red. That's really what he is. Yeah. Now I've, I I've seen some criticism in, in the go community online that Groudon is such a powerful ground type at this point, like particularly that he comes out the box noticeably stronger than, you know, Rhydon's that people have poured a lot of time and energy and blood, sweat and tears into training. Um, and, and I just want to kind of throw into that. I don't feel like those concerns are without merit. Like, yes, it's always very frustrating when you work very hard for something and then it's immediately rendered obsolete. Trust me, all three of us are MMO players, at least historically. So we very much understand that particular level of frustration. That being said, I can't necessarily say that it's a bad thing either because there always needs to be some sort of a reset button to let new people catch up. 
Um, and so I feel like that's very much what this is. If you're just picking up Pokemon Go, or if you've just been picking it up for the last several weeks or months, then this is your way to catch up and get a Pokemon that's just as cool as the people who've been playing all along. And while that's frustrating for those people who've been playing all along, I think it's a good thing overall for the health of the game. Yeah, it's it's the same argument that happens in TCGs, like Magic the Gathering, Hearthstone, all this stuff. And I mean... Like you said, like the three of us have played MMOs for a long time. It's very common. I mean, I'm probably a couple months away from taking a legendary lore artifact in WoW and replacing it with a stick. Just a stick. Off the ground. So, I know how you feel, Go community, but it's it's just a thing that happens. All right, guys, so that is our Pokemon news for the week. That is everything that we're aware of, at least, going on out there in the Pokemon world. So let's talk about what's going on a little bit closer to home. Let's talk about this week in our Nuzlocke World Tour Challenge. Um, so this was, of course, week five of our Generation 2 series. Uh, this week was an exciting one for a number of reasons. Uh, our heroes got to square off once again with the villainous Team Rocket as they made their power play to take over the Goldenrod Radio Tower. Uh, we got the opportunity to pursue some extremely valuable encounters or some extremely valuable points. As we talked about previously, this was essentially the last week that we have sacrificable encounters on the table that we could turn it into sweet, sweet points. The only sacrificable encounter left for us is Mount Silver. That is the only new area that is a part of the Johto region that we will ever unlock. So other than that, it's it's all out on the table now. Um, and we ultimately got to take on Claire, the dragon type master for our eighth and final Johto gym badge. Now, as always, Messer Engine was the first up to play. So Mess Buddy, how was your gameplay this week? I It was good. I mean, it, it was interesting. I... We talked a couple of weeks ago about my kind of odd team composition, like where it, the traditional like Pokemon types that you would see in a team are, are just not in my team, and it's worked fine. But there are times uh, over the course of this series when looking at gym leaders and whether or not I'm going to execute hard modes where I just have significant vulnerabilities to you know what they're they're bringing to the table, and this week was no exception. Uh, we started off the week by cashing in four encounters for 60 big points. We sacked 44, 45, Ice Path, and Blackthorn City. Blackthorn City, we could have gotten a Magikarp, which we do need to do at some point if we want to catch a, a Dratini or a Dragonair in Dragon's Den. But we could do that in Kanto, pretty much guaranteed. There was no, And we can't sacrifice Kanto encounters so there was no reason not to take the points uh ice path we really didn't want to swing up a jinx would have been nice but it's a five percent chance i didn't even see one my entire time going through there so uh no loss there really 44 a little hard um there was a chance for a lickitung which would have opened up evolution stones for us but it was really um more likely that i was going to get a tangela or a bell sprout because i didn't catch a bell sprout earlier in the game and that made up a significant portion of the uh, the encounter table. So we sacked it, and we sacked 45. So we're just like, yep, going to cash in as many points as possible, keep as ahead of Jolly as we can. Uh, then we went to go take on the Villainous Team Rocket. And last episode, I talked shit about them all the time. And it proved mostly true. They, they're worthless. But they wouldn't have been worthless if I didn't have a ghost Pokemon or a rock Pokemon to deal with all the self-destruct coughings 
Casimir, our Gengar, was our best boy this week, just sitting around waiting for our enemy's Pokemon to kill themselves and do nothing while while waiting for that to happen. Um, so it wasn't really difficult for us to mop up Team Rocket. There was a little bit of a scare with the, the lead admin who had uh, a Houndoom uh, that was pretty beefy, but we got through it okay. I think the most infuriating part of the Team Rocket part of the story was definitely the Switch puzzle, which is infuriating. Uh, we were there for a while, just trying to figure out which switches needed to be pressed and which order to open doors. Um, but I mean, we figured it out. It's just trial and error. Uh, afterwards, we uh, we went ahead, headed to Blackthorn City to face Claire. Now, as I mentioned, our team composition not not really great for dealing with Claire and you're probably going but why Mez it's just dragon Pokemon and it should be totally okay well her Dragonairs know in a lot of cases Surf and T-Bolt and or Ice Beam and the Pokemon that I have like Nidoking who can not be hit by T-Bolt and not have that really be a concern are vulnerable to Surf uh, or or, you know, vice versa. If they're not vulnerable to Surf, they're vulnerable to T-Bolt. So we needed to figure out something for the week. We ended up going getting our Whooper, our Whooper, out of the bank, ran the Quagsire. We leveled it up to 38 to take it with us in there. Um, and we decided that, realistically, we were going we were gonna to play it safe one more week. We could. We, we had the lead. We were hoping that uh, Claire would present more of a challenge for uh, our two uh, competitors, even though they definitely had better team comps, like resist comps, to deal with those moves. Uh, and we went in there with just about everything on the team having some form of ice move to deal with it. And what's really funny about that is I think that after seeing everybody's fights, I think I had the hardest Claire fight, even though I was on the easiest mode. Using Quagsire meant that Claire didn't prioritize using Thunder Wave to paralyze. And as a result, uh, she hit me with something every single attack. Like, she never Thunder Waved, uh, which was, with the Paralyzed Cureberry, it, it was like a free turn. Like, she'd Thunder Wave, and then it'd be, if it hit... Uh, the Paralyzed Cureberry would take care of it. Instead, I got Dragon's Breath every turn <laughs> on pretty much every Pokemon uh, there was. Uh, when we fought with her Kingdra, things actually got pretty scary because its surf was just wrecking stuff. We actually had to have Holden deal with it because it resists that water. Um, we got through it okay. We, we got less points, uh, which was disappointing. But like I said, we were in the lead and we knew that you know, we could probably realistically keep it depending on whether or not Jolly was willing to go bug hunting or not. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, we're getting ready for Kanto. Uh, we now have Ren on the squad, which will be interesting uh, because it's a pretty decent answer to the electric problems that we've been having the last week or so, uh, last week or two, uh, with uh, Hurricane and Daryl on our competitors team. So yeah, all in all good week. 
save Dragon's Den. We'll be back there once we have a super rod from Kanto in like two weeks. Uh, and, you know, going into tonight, um, you know, we're still still rocking. So, uh, I can't think. Jolly, you had an interesting week, I think, hunting for fun Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, thank you, Mess. My week was definitely very interesting. Um, so... Yeah, so I came in to this week of gameplay. Of course, I did stream initially on Tuesday. And my thought process initially was there are a lot of really, really good Pokemon on the table that could really just change everything. Um, and while, you know, yes, they were the last possible encounters for the most part that we could sacrifice this side of the end of the game... On the flip side, there's a lot of Pokemon that we can encounter on these routes that we can't get anywhere else. And so getting our hands on those good, good new friends could be game-changing. So I decided to take the opposite route of Messer Engine and gamble on some very rare but very valuable new encounters. And yeah, (laughs) so... First up, of course, I actually went and hit up Route 44 before we even started to address Team Rocket in Goldenrod City because I wanted to see what we got. And I had been wrestling literally all day in my mind over whether to headbutt and try for a Heracross. We already got Bronx Arspiro. We already got Shit Monkey. So if I picked a Heracross tree, Heracross is all we could possibly get out of it, and my chances would have been very high. That said, my chances of picking a Heracross tree again were extremely fucking low. The other possibility was that in the grass, we could potentially encounter a Lickitung. Now, as Mess said, our odds were much, much higher of encountering a Tangela, and Tangela would have been, frankly, worthless to us. But if we could encounter a Lickitung, We could have showed it to Bill's grandpa in Kanto, who would have given us an Everstone, and then requested to see an Oddish, which we already have. If we showed him the Oddish, he would give us a Leafstone, and request to see a Staryu, which we can get all over the place in Kanto. So, and showing him the Staryu would have him give us a Waterstone. So, if I could catch a Lickitung, that would have opened the door to running a Starmie, which would have been... Enormous, frankly. Um, Starmie could have filled the roles of both Hurricane and Sangria on this team by himself. So that's huge. So I was literally, even while playing on the stream, like I started to talk about how we were going to pick a tree and hope and pray and headbutt, and then immediately said, nope, change my mind, we're going for Lickitung. So we went for Lickitung, and we did not encounter a Lickitung. <laughs> Instead, we encountered a Tangela, And then ran out of Pokeballs on it. So we didn't even catch said Tangela. We had to murder it. So not a great or auspicious start to the week, but that's where we were. So at that point, Salty, over the loss of our possible new Licky friend, um, we headed off to Goldenrod City and we took out our frustrations on Team Rocket. And yeah, that's really all there is to say about that. Like, I I don't think that there was a single scary moment against Team Rocket and Goldenrod. We just led with Gimlet and magnituded until everything was dead. And everything died pretty fucking handily, <laughs> to be frank. Um, there, Yeah, there was no real challenge there. Like, even, yes, the, the Houndour and Doom that the Rocket Admin uses are very scary Pokemon, not so much to a Golem with Magnitude. Um, So they pretty much just kind of went down for the count, and we saved the day! Hooray! So at that point, we still had four valuable encounters on the table for this week. Um, 
we examined our options for Ice Path. And again, the, the only two great options that we had in Ice Path were the option of a Swinub, which I wasn't particularly jazzed at the prospect of using a Pilo Swine. That being said, it's really, really hard to completely turn your nose up at Earthquake Blizzard Dual Stab. Like, that's that's compelling. Um, and then the other really good encounter on the table inside the ice path is a 5% chance, as Mess stated, of Jinx, which Jinx is another really amazing Pokemon, more so than anything because it has access to Lovely Kiss on top of Blizzard Psychic Dual Stab. So those were compelling. And again, those are two encounters that we will never have the opportunity to get anywhere else. So decided to keep the ice path encounter, repelled my way down to the second floor through all of the ice puzzles that I was terrible at. Um, and once we got to the second floor, we got our encounter and it was a fucking deli bird, which is arguably one of the worst Pokemon of all time. Um, <laughs> so we named our new deli bird friend Eggnog in honor of both the season and his his very clear visual resemblance to a certain fat man in a red coat and went on our salty, salty way. Um, picked up the waterfall TM inside the ice cave. And yeah, so far everything was going great. We made it to Blackthorn city. And at that point we did decide to sacrifice our first encounter on the week, which was the Blackthorn city encounter. Um, the only thing on our encounter table in Blackthorn city was um, Poliwag and Poliwhirl. And again, while actually Poliwrath and Politoed are both separately pretty strong Pokemon in Gen 2, we have access to them in Kanto. There was literally no compelling reason to get one now. We then went on to Route 45, south of Blackthorn. Now, my plan going on to Route 45 was to try to headbutt and try to get that hair across because I had looked up the encounter tables on Cerebee and I knew that there was a chance to get Heracross from Headbutt on Route 45. However, as anyone who has used Cerebee as a reference for a Generation 2 game knows, their, their information on Headbutting is misleading at best frequently. And what Cerebee failed to mention on their Poke Earth page is that while Heracross is on the encounter table from headbutting on Route 45, there are no headbuttable trees on Route 45. So, yeah, if I had known that, I probably would have headbutted on Route 44. I didn't know that at the time, and so I completely crushed my own chances of bug hunting. So that was salty. Now, there were still good encounters to us available on Route 45. Specifically, we had a small chance at both a fanfee and a Skarmory. I didn't expect to get either of them. They are both very low chances. And if I had been thinking more clearly, I probably would have gone ahead and sacrificed my Route 45 encounter once I realized I couldn't headbutt. But I didn't. I was determined at that point that I was getting something out of this debacle. I got five encounters, and they were all Geodudes and Gravelers. So I did not get something out of this debacle. I got absolutely nothing due to dupesing out. So that was frustrating. <laughs> At that point, I did a little bit of grinding and I called it an evening for Tuesday. Um, when we came back on Friday, all we had left to do was to finish grinding our team up to the level limit of 40 or there's abouts. We still had to obviously take care of the, the gym. And so we did so. We got um, Stormy, our... Good, good Crobat up to level 40. And at that point, we were at level limit on our entire team. 
except for Mojito, who was at, at 39, and Sangria, who was at 37, as we expected them to be doing most of the heavy lifting in Claire's gym. Um, we went in and we decided to do Claire on hard mode to make up for some of the points that we had lost from not sacrificing encounters because we saw how well that worked out for us. Um, so I went in and one thing that I think is really interesting about Claire's gym is, you know, Claire is a very threatening gym leader in gold, silver crystal, but a big reason for a lot of that threat is the fact that her Pokemon are weak to so few things in, in Kingdra's case, it's weak to literally nothing in generation two. But in a way, that was a boon with our challenge and particularly with doing the hard mode rule set because I could hit her with virtually everything that I had. I didn't have to hold back certain party members or certain valuable moves because they would hit super effectively and I would break the rules. Like, bar ice-type moves on her Dragonairs, I could just chunk her. So, I led with Columbia. I put her leading Dragonair to sleep. And leech seeded it, and then switched into Sangria, and just used Future Sight and Psychic to murder her entire team until they finally managed to paralyze Sangria, which Sangria did have a paralyzed Curberry, so she ate it on the first Thunder Wave, and then the second Thunder Wave finally paralyzed her and just put her at way too much risk. So at that point, switched back into Columbia, put Claire's Kingdra to sleep, leech seeded it. And then switched into Mojito and just murdered it. There was a scary moment where that Kingdra did hyperbeam Columbia, and I was really, really worried. But Jumpluff is deceptively bulky and ate that hyperbeam super well. So that was really, really a, a very pleasant surprise for me. Um, but yeah, put it to sleep, threw Leech Seed on it, switched into Mojito, Razor Leafed. And once again, for the second or third time this series, Leech Seed actually finished off a gym leader's ace for me. So Columbia MVP by and large. I will never look at Leech Seed the same way again. After this series. (laughs) If you had told me that the most valuable player on my team was going to be a jump left coming in, I'm not sure that I would have believed you, but here we are. Um, (laughs) At that point we went on the dragon's den and it's funny because I, I gambled on so many risky encounters this week and dragon's den is really an almost sure thing. You can virtually guarantee that you're going to have a Dragonite um, coming out of there. However, I just didn't really feel like we needed one. Um, I've already got a Nidoran male in my bank who has a lot of the same great coverage options that a Dragonite does, and I could evolve much, much sooner if I need to use it. And so ultimately, I did make the decision to sacrifice the Dragon's Den encounter just because I didn't really feel like it was worth the effort. Um, so we did sacrifice our sure thing encounter in the Dragon's Den um, and got that last 15 points on the week, which actually tied my point gain to Messer Engines and maintained our 10-point differential that we earned from PvP last week. So uh, Tuesday night when you were grinding and you were super sleepy i was watching you grind up mojito and i am surprised mojito didn't die that night you let it get down to like 53 health in the yellow and razor leaf had already missed twice that night on those gravelers i was just waiting for one more miss and a self-destruct and it was done uh when you ran out of pp i i went to bed (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I like how you just have like the danger zone for my Pokemon down to an exact science. You're just like, oh shit, this is when I gotta watch. Yeah, it's true. I I it's Jolly is sleepy, followed by yellow health, followed by complete just ignore that fact. It once you hit that, you are in absolute one hundred percent danger of grind death. I've seen it a couple times now. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I guess it's just a blind spot for me. I, I don't see it until it happened, and then I'm like, yeah, why the fuck did I do that? But at the time, I just, I don't see it at all. I mean, I didn't warn you. I wanted Mojito to die terribly, but yeah, that that, that was going on. <laughs> yeah, at this point, like, I would be sad. Like, I'd be really sad to see my starter die, but I think if someone on my team has to die, I would kind of want it to be Mojito. I mean, don't get me wrong, if I had to choose who on your team I wanted to die, it wouldn't be Mojito, but a death's a death, so minus 20 <laughs> points, we'll, we'll just take that, so, yeah. Alright, well that was my gameplay for the week, and again, it was, it was salty, but overall I think it went really well. Um, but then of course, I was not the last, well I technically was the last person to play this week, but I wasn't the last one to start playing this week. So, that was of course, as always, Celeste. So Celeste Hunt, how was your gameplay this week? Well, this week started uneventful, um, so I had Team Rocket to take care of in Goldenrod City. Um, they're annoying because they shut down areas of the city as well. Because I wanted to check a few things for last week's PvP, and I couldn't because they were blocking the person where you check um, Pokemon's happiness. So it was good to get that out of the way. Um, Team Rocket was uneventful, other than one thing happening in their base. But as far as the Team Rocket grunts and the uh, evil team leader there with the Houndoom, they they went down easy. Um, Having the Pokemon I had made it super simple. Problem was, I was kind of sleepy and sick still from the week and i had to fight my rival and i wasn't thinking and i put my psychic grass out versus uh, for alligator (laughs) and it got bitten and died so my egg my execute that would have been the executor in kanto is gone and with it leech seed and reflect and dual stab psychic giga drain all down the drain um after that, I had to do some grinding to figure out how I was going to deal with Claire because Madeline was a big part of my plan for Claire because lightning was not an issue for plant types, neither was surf, and leech seed would have been huge. So I eventually picked Ultras to replace Madeline. Um, being a water poison type, um, he had good stats for what I needed. And I could I also teach him Attract, and he has Supersonic, which gave him, gave him Confuse. I also leveled uh, my uh, Zubat into a Crobat. And uh, as far as the other parts, I sacrificed, let's see, Route 44, Route 45, Ice Path, and Blackthorn City. I didn't see value in any of those. Um, Swinub would have been okay, but I have ground types already. Um... Route 44 didn't really have anything of value. Lickitung in crystal is not worth anything. Tangela would have been okay, but I, I just didn't want to run one. And then Blackthorn City, I could have gotten a Magikarp, but I can get one in Kanto. I did um, have no issue getting through Ice Path, and it was mainly just grinding was my m- most of my time this week. So for the Claire fight, what I ended up doing was leading with my Crobat, using Confuse and a lot of luck to deal with the first Dragonair. 
because Thunder Wave missed a lot and then hit and a berry cured it and I was able to take down the first Dragonair with no issue. The second Dragonair, Saban, my Steelix took care of because he's immune to Thunder Wave and Lightning and so it was using Dragon's Breath and he resists Dragon's Breath. So that was easy. And then for some reason I got the order wrong again because Kingdra came out as the third Pokemon. I could have sworn when looking it up Kingdra was supposed to be the last Pokemon. So I had to quickly switch into my Polyrath and set up a X accuracy and put that Kingdra to sleep and then just I headbutted it to death. And then following that I just headbutted the last uh, Dragonair to death with my Polyrath, not even using my full team. It was pretty uneventful and I was surprised that I got through clear hard mode with only using three Pokemon. So this week was kind of sad, but kind of good in other ways. And hopefully, since I did actually get a good amount of points, I'm starting to slowly catch up. And next week, I hope to not lose any more Pokemon. That's awesome. Now, did you get your encounter in Dragon's Den? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. I did pick up my Extreme Speed Dratini. And that's going to be a very important Pokemon once it levels into a big, big Dragon Knight. Yeah, I'm I'm very grateful at this point that Dragonair does not evolve into Dragonite until level 55 because that means that I'm not going to have to face that particular monster at full tilt until, you know, towards the end of Kanto, thankfully. It already has over 100 attack, though, which is crazy. Every Pokemon on my squad is going to have an ice coverage move. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah... Um, okay, awesome. Well, that was our gameplay for this week. And honestly, I think this is the probably the first week so far in this series that no one had a truly bad week. Um, different aspects of both mine and Celeste's gameplay was maybe a little salty, but but not terrible. Um, so that's pretty dope, actually. Um, now, unfortunately, we all we weren't flawless. Uh, we did lose one this week. So Celeste. Would you like to take a moment to uh, to say goodbye to your, your good friend? Madeline, you died too soon, and it was completely my fault. I should have been paying more attention. I should know that Feraligator can bite you, <laughs> and I didn't think of it. I was thinking, oh, it's a grass type. You're going to resist the water and not have to worry about anything. Nope, that was not the case. It's completely my fault you're dead, and I'm sorry, and I hope that you're not too mad as a ghost Pokemon. Hard boiled. Yep. If anything, I'd say that she was probably scrambled. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, rest in pe- rest in peace. Some eggs. Yep. <laughs> Some eggs. <laughs> Some eggs. <laughs> All right, guys, so that was our week in gameplay, and as always, we want to hear about you guys playing along with us at home. Uh, This week did bring another message from friend of the show and proud Team Messer Engine supporter, Pegasus League Live. Uh, Mess Buddy, would you care to read Pegasus's message to us this week? Yeah, sure. So this week, Pegasus says, Okay, done. Again, hope I'm not too late. This is my week five status report. Eight badges, baby. We're on the road to the Elite Four. I had to rush through this week's gameplay, so my levels are more behind than usual. I'll grind up before I start week six gameplay. Now for the sadness. I can't go one fucking week without a death. This week I said goodbye to my lovely fish dragon, Wrath the Gyarados. Fucking Kingdra with his, his hyper beam critting. Now a few words for Wrath. Wrath, in all honesty, I didn't have you long. 
I didn't plan on using you, but it hurts to see you go. You put work in. Also, I had the Red Gyarados on my team when I played Soul Silver as a kid, so it was truly a nostalgic experience while it lasted. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, anyway, I ended up adding my Fly Slave Spiro to the team. If all goes according to plan, he will become a big boy Firo and be part of my final Johto team. So yeah, let's see what happens in the final week of our journey before we delve into Super Kanto. Pokemon Alive in the Box is four. Week five deaths was Wrath the Gyarados. Total deaths on the run is ten. The current team is Mustang the Typhlosion at level 36, Hohenheim the Alakazam at level 37, Armstrong the Golem at level 36, Nina the Quagsire at level 36, Sloth the Machamp at level 36, and Envy the Spiro at level 14. Also, uh, Jolly, I want to note that we got another review on iTunes, and we should probably talk about that. Oh shit, we did get another review on iTunes. You are 100% correct. Um, so this week we did get an iTunes review, and it actually, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Mess, but I believe it actually came from a very frequent listener of the show and uh, a very active participant of our Twitch streams, uh, Ratsos, who has apparently been listening to us all along, but only recently started hanging out with us on Twitch, but has been very, very active. Um, and Ratsos, we, we very much appreciate it, so thank you so, so much. Um, so... Okay, Master Engine, would you care to read our beautiful, beautiful review from Ratsos? Uh, yes, I will. He says, or yeah, or she says, I'm not really sure. Uh, if you like Pokemon, acapella news tunes, and the death of fictional creatures, this is the place for you. The podcast quality starts out pretty good and works towards fantastic. The Twitch streams are great also. Even during the grind, the hosts keep you entertained with witty commentary. It's even inspired me to play through my copy of Ultra Sun as a blind Nuzlocke. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Ratsus. We really, really appreciate it. We've actually, on that same kind of exciting note, we now have enough ratings on iTunes that we have an average rating. So that's a thing. Um, so it's it's really making an impact. It's a big help. Um, Blastburn Radio does now show up when you search for Pokemon on iTunes. We're pretty far down that list, but we're we're present on it. We have visibility. So thank you, everyone, for helping us get to this point. Uh, if you are a proud member of the Blastburn Nation and you're playing along with us at home, we definitely want to hear about it. Be sure to get at us through email or social media and let us know all about how your Nuzlocke run is going so all of us who are a part of this community that we're building together can experience your highs and lows right along with you. And if you are a proud member of the Blastburn Nation, please consider taking a moment to at least review the show on iTunes, if not rate it. Even if you generally listen to us through another medium, iTunes is just the biggest podcast market on the internet, and it goes such a long way for visibility to have those ratings and reviews. So we really appreciate it. It's probably the biggest thing you can do right now to support the show. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for the reviews, and thank you for everybody who comes out to the streams every week. You, you're the reason we do this, and we we really really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, awesome guys. So we have, as always, we've discussed our gameplay. We have mourned our dead, and we have caught up with our good good friends. So now it is time for us to pit ourselves against each other in fierce and deadly combat. Um, now, coming into tonight's showdown, Messer Engine has finally been knocked off his high horse, the high, high perch he set himself on through the first three weeks of the challenge. Uh, I, Jolly by Nature, was last week's 
big winner in PvP. However, that wasn't enough to fully overcome the massive points lead that Mess built up through the first three weeks of the challenge. He comes into tonight's showdown, our points leader, with a current total of 745 points. I am right on his heels, however, with 735 points and a thirst to finally shake up the leaderboard that has remained stagnant through the series to this point. Um, Celeste is still trailing in third place, though her great play this week was able to cut that deficit some, and she's now sitting at a total of 610 points. Now, as always, last week's big winner, must defend the stick first, so that means I'm up to battle, and I will challenge you, Celeste, so let's get to it. All right. Aha! I don't have to go first! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first PvP showdown of week five, the one I don't have to fight first! So in one corner, we have Jolly by Nature opening up with Columbia the Jump Pluff, a very common opener for him uh, over the last couple of weeks with his good, good status. And in the other corner, Celeste Loss is bringing newcomer Ultros to the field, that good, good tentacle. Are you two ready to battle? I am. Let's do it. All right, let's fight. Columbia opens with an attempt at a stun spore, which is not not hitting Ultros. Ultros is having none of it and returns with a sludge bomb, which is, of course, super effective against Columbia, bringing Jolly's status setter down to 17%. How that, how's that for an opening salvo? The stun spore does hit on Ultros this time, paralyzing it, but it returns with another sludge bomb and drops that jump bluff right out. Jolly brings out Hurricane, his lantern, to deal with the paralyzed Ultros. Let's see what happens. Ultros is giving the stare, but decides to retreat. Gogo comes out for Celeste Loss. Hurricane tries to thunder and misses, missing a chance for some good damage on the switch. A shadow ball from Gogo. Brings Hurricane down to 83%. Hurricane tries to thunder again and misses. Definitely feeling like there's no surf going on. Okay, though. Big, big changes. Big changes. Hurricane does get a thunder off on Gogo. Gogo is at 52%. Gogo used an ice punch on Hurricane, which brought him down to 77%. And Celeste had a gold berry, which restored a considerable, considerable amount of HP. Uh, to go go, uh, it is at as mentioned 52%. Uh, Hurricane tries to thunder again, uh, misses. Gogo uses confusion and brings Hurricane down to 61%. Another confusion critical hit from Gogo brings Hurricane down to 33%. Hurricane thunders one more time, bringing Gogo to 17%. Hurricane rests, returning to 100%. Gogo uses confusion, bringing it down to 86%. Hurricane Sleep Talk thunders but misses. Gogo uses Confusion, bringing Hurricane down to 60%. On the next round, Confuse again, down to 53%. Hurricane Sleep Talks and rests back up to 100%. That infuriating Sleep Talk. Getting really lucky with these thunders. Okay, Gogo Confuses. Hurricane 
uses rest on sleep talk one more time <coughs> is currently at 86%. Go-Go hits with confusion one more time. Hurricane at 72%. Hurricane's still sleeping. I actually, I forgot how that worked when you successfully use rest and you're already asleep. I thought I was waking up that time. So, whoops. Yeah, it resets the uh, timer. Go-Go, <laughs> oh. Go-Go confuses, bringing Hurricane down to 58%. Hurricane tries to use Sleep Talk, but wakes up, and Sleep Talk fails. I should probably do a better job of keeping track of that, huh? Go-Go confuses, bringing Hurricane down to 43%. Hurricane rests back up to 100%. Confusion from Go-Go brings Hurricane to 85%. Hurricane Sleep Talks and rests back to 100%. The infuriating there goes fight Go-Go. continues. Hurricane Sleep Talks a Thunder and drops Gogo. Celeste sends out Sabin or Steelix to deal with the sleeping Hurricane. Hurricane Sleep Talks uses rest and fails. Sabin mud slaps, bringing Hurricane down to 84%. Hurricane woke up and surfs, ah. which is super effective against Sabin, bringing it down to 14%. Sabin uses Mudslap again, bringing Hurricane down to 66%. Jolly switches in Stormy, uh, his beloved shiny bat, who comes into a Mudslap for which it is immune, so no damage there. Stormy opens up with a Confuse Ray, and Sabin used Sandstorm. Wrong button. Stormy goes ahead and also uses Attract on Sabin, who's now confused and attracted. Bamboozled at a bar. Stormy goes ahead and utilizes Return, finishing off Sabin, but the Sandstorm has been taking its toll, and Stormy is down to 76%. Out comes Locke for Celeste, her Typhlosion, at 88% from the, uh, from the Sandstorm. Locked Thunder Punches, uh, Stormy, bringing it down to... Oh, good heavens. It's... It's low. The Sandstorm is making this really confusing, folks, so I apologize. No, sorry. What What you need... No, it's... It's a valid move. It's just... Health totals everywhere. What you need to know is that Locke just Thunder Punched the crap out of Stormy, and Stormy is down. Jolly brings out Gimlet, that good, good golem... Will Typhlosion stay out? Ultros comes back in, still paralyzed, and takes a rock throw on the switch in, bringing it down to 66%. Jolly brings Hurricane back out, and Ultros is paralyzed. Both Pokemon are at 66%, but Ultros still has that paralysis. Hurricane Thunders dropping Ultros. Jolly getting a lot of work out of that rest-sleep-talk combo this week. Out comes Locke against Hurricane. We'll see how this goes. Hurricane does have that deadly surf. I feel like this is a western standoff. Locke quick attacks, bringing Hurricane down to 56%. Doesn't do too 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 much, but it Locke unfortunately takes a surf, bringing it down to 10%. Another quick attack from Locke brings Hurricane down to 39%, but a second surf drops Locke into the grave. Out comes Daryl the Electabuzz to deal with Hurricane. A Dizzy Punch brings Hurricane down to 23% and confuses it. Hurricane, however, uses Rest, heals up to 100%. A Light Screen up from Daryl. 
Sleep Talk uses rest but fails because Hurricane's at 100%. Gimlet comes out for Jolly. Daryl Dizzy punches, but it's not really effective against Gimlet, uh, who is now at 94%. An Ice Punch from Daryl, however, is much, much better and brings Gimlet down to 42%. A Rock Throw from Gimlet brings Daryl down to 57%. Daryl Ice Punches, but Jolly anticipates that, throws in Hurricane on the switch. He's still sleeping, uh, but only takes 8%, bringing it down to 92%. Thunder Punch from Daryl, bringing Hurricane down to 67%. Hurricane Sleep Talks a Surf into Daryl, bringing it down to 38%. And a critical surf from Hurricane on the next attack drops Daryl down. Out comes Rachel, the Pidgeot, the shiny Pidgeot, who comes in, uses Return, and drops Hurricane down to 28%. But oh, Hurricane... Gets a thunder off, brings Rachel down to 50% and paralyzes it. Hurricane once again rests, getting back up to 100%. Return from Rachel brings Hurricane down to 65%. Sleep Talk Surf from Hurricane brings Rachel down to 31%. Another return brings Hurricane down to 28%. And unfortunately, that is all of my Sleep Talks. So now Hurricane is just napping, but Rachel was paralyzed, so loss of a, a useful turn there. Hurricane wakes up and uses Surf, dropping Rachel down. The winner is Jolly by Nature on turn 40. I could have done much better in that battle, but good game, Jolly. A good game, Celeste. Okay, well, as always, Loser gives up the stick, and so that means that I will be facing Messer Engine next. Uh, so, Celeste, are you ready? I am. All right, in one corner we have... Jolly by Nature, leading with Columbia, his Jump Bluff. In the other corner, we have Mezzer Engine, leading with Jules, his Nido King. Are you two ready? Yep. Alright, you may begin. Columbia leads with Sleep Powder, and Jules falls asleep, but eats a mint berry and wakes up and blizzards Columbia to death. Yeah, I was kind of worried that that was going to be the case. Jolly throws out Sangria, his Alakazam. And Mezzer Engine switches into Nagata, his Espeon. Sangria is, uses Psychic and hits Nagata for 26% of its health. Jolly switches into Hurricane, that bulky lightning fish. Nagata bites Hurricane for 19% of its health. And Mezzer Engine brings out Ren, his Quagsire, who takes a Surf to the face for 36% of its health. And then Jolly switches into Stormy, his Crobat, which takes a Ice Punch for 33% of its health. Ren is hit with a Confuse Ray, and is confused and hits itself for 12% of its health. They're now staring at each other. Mezzerin brings out Nagata again, and Nagata is hit with a Return for 48% of its health, bringing it down to 26%, and then the next turn, Stormy finishes off Nagata with another Return. Out comes Holden, that for Alligator, for Mezzerin, who is then confused by Stormy but fights through it and ice punches Stormy for 36% of its health. Stormy then attracts Holden, so it's confused and attracts, and it hits itself in confusion. Love is in the air, and for alligator just staring at Stormy. Longingly. Yeah. Out comes Trask, who takes a return, which is a crit for 57% of its health. Another return knocks Trask down to 13% of its health, and a... Return, return, knocks down Stormy, and Stormy faints. 
Alcun's Gimlet, Jolly's Golem, and Mezzer Engine switches into Metri. Here's Machamp. And Golem throws a rock at Metri for 12% of itself. Jolly switches into Mojito. And Mojito is hit with Strength for 25% of itself. Mojito sets up a Reflect. And Metri uses a Fire Punch for 27% of Mojito's health. Mojito heals itself with Synthesis and takes another Fire Punch for 31% of its health. Mojito body slams Metri and gets that lucky paralysis, but it is cured by Paralysis Cure Berry. And then Mojito is hit with another Fire Punch for 30% of its health. It uses Synthesis to heal again, and is then hit down for 30% again to 57% of its health. Mojito heals again, it's at 100%. It is knocked down to 28, or knocked down 28% of its health, so now it's at 72%. And that Reflect wears off. Jolly using those Gen 2 wall strats. Metri uses strength, but Jolly puts up a reflect with Mojito, so it only takes 13% of its health. It body slams Metri again, but there is no paralysis. Metri fire punches Mojito for 30% of its health. Mojito heals itself and takes another fire punch. It is now at 50%. It heals itself again, it's at 99%, and takes a fire punch down to 72% of its health. It body slams Metri again and gets another paralysis off and takes another fire punch. Reflect wears off. Mojito is now at 44% health and Metri is at 17% health. Mojito sets up another reflect and takes a fire punch for 30% of its health. Mojito uses Razor Leaf finishing off Metri. Out comes Jules, the Nido King, for Mezzer Engine. And Jolly switches into Sangria, his Alakazam. And Blizzard from Jules misses. Losing that switch hit. Sangria one-shots Jules with a Psychic. Out comes Holden, the Feraligator. Holden takes a Psychic for 54% of its health, and Ice punches Sangria for 20% of its health. Reflect wears off, and Sangria finishes off Holden with a Psychic. Out comes Ren, that Quagsire, that I'm extremely jealous of. Ren takes a Psychic for the rest of its health, and faints. Tress comes out with 13% health, uses Return, and crits Sangria, and Sangria is down. Gimlet comes out for a Jolly. Gimlet is now confused, but fights through it with a Rock Throw, and Trask is down, making Jolly the winner. Good game. Good game, mess. And with that, it looks its last battles for me and Mezzer Engine to fight out. Jolly, are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's go ahead and do it. Um, so, as always, in the gold corner, we do have our good friend Messer Engine, the well-oiled machine, leading out with Ren, his level 40 female quagsire, just taunting Celeste with the dear, sweet best boy that she has lost. Uh, in the crystal tower, the... Periwinkle corner? <laughs> uh, we do have Celeste the Lost leading with Ultros, her brand new Wicked Tentacruel. Folks, are you ready? I am. Yep. Okay, you may begin. Okay, and Ultros d- does outspeed and uh, leads in with Attract, uh, trying to show Rin just how sexy those squiggly tentacles could be. Rin, however, having none of it, goes right for the super effective Stab Earthquake and one shots Ultros the Tentacruel. Celeste leads into Rachel, her shiny special Pidgeot. Yeah, I, sh- I should have switched, but I wanted to try. 
right. It would have been lulzy if it had worked. Not even going to bullshit. Yep. Um, so Rachel does outspeed and goes for that stab return, dealing 34% to Ren. Ren hits back with the not stab, but super effective ice punch for 38%. And Rachel going back to the return for 35, and Rin going back to the Ice Punch for 38. It's nice that we're at a point where super effective moves doesn't mean that it's an instant death for most Pokemon. Yeah, well, and one thing that you learn as you as you play Pokemon, and particularly as you play competitively, is that clicking the super effective move is just not always the best play. You know, Stab boosts a move's effectiveness just as much as super effective typing does. And Messer Engine switching out, not ready to part with that dear sweet Quagsire, brings in Jules, his Nidoking, who eats a return on the switch for 42% of his health. Uh, Rachel goes for Fly, uh, which allows her to outspeed and avoid Surf from Jules, the Nidoking. Is Jules going to stay in to eat that Fly, or is he going to switch out and let another teammate take that strong hit? Jules does stay in, eats the fly for 29%, um, hitting Rachel in return with Surf, which does faint the Pidgeot. Daryl, Celeste's Electabuzz, comes out. And Jules, the King, coming back out in favor of Rin, Messer Engine's Quagsire, who eats an Ice Punch on the Switch for 21%. Uh, Rin is then outsped by Daryl with Dizzy Punch for the remaining 10% of his health. Rin is down. That is Messer Engine's first loss on the match. And out comes Murtry, that big strong boy of a Machamp. And Daryl going into Thunder Punch on Murtry, dealing 27%. Murtry, on the other hand, giving no fucks, going for Vital Throw and dealing 70% of Daryl's health. Daryl stays in and goes back to the Thunder Punch, dealing another 29% damage to Murtry, taking him down into the yellow. Murtry goes back to the Vital Throw, and that is enough to take out Daryl the Electabuzz. And out comes Go-Go, that good, good Hypno that has been so big for Celeste in recent weeks. And Go-Go going into that confusion, which isn't super powerful, but is super effective, taking Murtry down into the red at 11% health. Murtry hits back with strength, dealing 37% to Go-Go. And Go-Go goes back to the confusion, and Murtry is finally down. And out comes Nagata, Messer Engine's Espeon. This is normally not a fight I would expect Nagata to win between these two particular Pokemon, but given Gogo's level of bulk, I'm just not sure. Um, okay, so Nagata uses Bite, which is super effective, dealing 36% damage to Gogo. Gogo does then, however, eat a Gold Berry, which brings him back up to 50%. Uh, Gogo does use Shadow Ball, which is super effective, and deals 59% to Nagata. And once again, Nagata goes into the bite, dealing 35% to Go-Go. Go-Go goes back to Shadow Ball, which brings Nagata down. But Go-Go is in red. He doesn't have a whole lot of fight left in him. And Holden, Messer Engine's good, good for Alligator coming out. And Holden does outspeed and go for the surf, and that is enough to finish off Go-Go. Which of your vulnerable Pokemon's going to come out? Yeah, that's a problem. And out comes Sabin the Steelix, who does not have a very good matchup against Holden. Uh, Sabin goes for the Mud Slap. Sabin outspeeds. 
I'm not sure if that's the quick claw or if there's some legitimate speed shenanigans going on there, but Sabin does outspeed, uh, hitting with Mud Slap, which only does 8% but does lower accuracy. Holden does hit with Surf, however. Um, Holden then goes first with the Surf, which misses thanks to that lowered accuracy, and Sabin hits with the Mud Slap again. Surf misses again from Holden, and Sabin goes back to the Mud Slap for a third time, lowering Holden to half accuracy. And Surf misses yet again, and yet another Mud Slap goes off. This one a crit. Mud Slaps alone have brought Holden down to 62% health and 0.43% accuracy. Okay, Holden switching out in favor of Jules the Nitto King, who eats an Iron Tail, taking him out, but that does reset all that hard work Sabin put in on Holden's accuracy. And Holden outspeeds and gets his revenge with a super effective Surf. Sabin is down. And Locke, the the Typhlosion, the newly, finally evolved Typhlosion, comes out and does outspeed with Thunder Punch, dealing 51% to Holden. Holden hits back with a super effective Surf, dealing 66%. Um, Locke does then outspeed and take Holden down with that Thunder Punch. However, Locke has to face a full health Trask on 34%. Trask does outspeed, hits with Return, and takes Locke down to 2% health. However, Locke does live and hits with a stab fire blast for 48. Locke, however, is just not speedy enough to outspeed Trask, who does finish the job the next turn. Messer Engine is the winner of the battle. Good game, Celeste. Good game. Leading of Ultras wasn't the best thing, but I didn't expect you to lead of Ren. That was a really fucking good match, guys. Good job. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Okay, so with those points on the board, we can now examine our leaderboard. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, there has been a shakeup. The 50 big points that I have earned tonight in PvP does finally place myself, Jolly by Nature, in the lead in points with a big total of 785. I cannot, however, grow complacent as Messer Engine earned the remaining 25, taking his total up to 700. So we are still very much neck and neck. Uh, Celeste remains in third place with that total of 610 points. Um, Guys, how are you feeling about your teams now that we're on the other side of PvP this week? Um, I'm feeling okay about it. I mean, I, I came in today with no status setter. And I mean, it, things didn't go entirely perfect in my match against you but I did kill that jump off in one hit so I didn't have to worry about a bunch of bullshit um, I think a lot of your team in particular is, is still really dangerous because of its sustain like Mojito just synthesis all day long was like a major problem for me uh, and Sangrea is still definitely threatening it's really fast um, which is a, a problem that I'm going to have to figure out what to do about. Um, I mean, overall, I, I think it's good. Like I said earlier, my team's just weird. It's weird, and it's really beneficial at certain points and certain junctures, and at others, it's just the worst possible thing that I could have. Um, so I, we'll see how things go in Kanto. That's fair. I got to say, Mess, with your team, like you have you have a lot of very big threats. Um I feel good about our match just because 
you very clearly had a game plan and you had Pokemon that you were concerned with. You clearly had plans to neutralize both Hurricane and Columbia. And you did that really, really well. But the rest of my team was able to pull that weight. So I feel pretty good about that. But I definitely can't sleep on you. Like, you are still very capable of spanking my ass as things stand. That poison, man. I I got so much poison. (laughs) all the poison and fighting in the land and going up against an Alakazam. Yeah, that's that's not a fun place to be at. It wouldn't even be better switching in Casimir. Anyways, we can talk about that later. Celeste, how do you feel about your team? Losing that execute was huge. Um, It took a lot of answers away. It was an answer to Feraligator for the most part, except for Bite. But being able to status it and get a Leech Seed down, um, Ren would have a lot of trouble with that as well. Um, it also, I put in Ultros, which is a poison type and you putting in Ren made it very bad. I actually expected you to lead with your Electabuzz and not with your Tentacruels. So, I mean, either way, good for me, but yeah. Um, I really like how much, uh, work Rachel is putting in and Locke is finally coming into his own. I mean, being able to take down for Alligator without dying was really huge. Your team is getting very genuinely scary, and that's that very much starts with Locke, with that Typhlosion. I mean, that, that combination of great Fire Stab and Fire Blast, of amazing coverage in Thunder Punch, and then priority and Quick Attack is just, it's, it's terrifying, frankly. Yeah, Locke is coming into his own. Go-Go is awesome. Um, basically, main, makes it to where I can deal with Psychic types, because he resists Psychic and can throw out Shadow Balls. Oh yeah, you, you can 1v1 Sangria and Nagata both, hands down, easily with Gogo. Yeah, it, Gogo is fucking scary, and I don't have, like, a, as we mentioned, so much poison. Uh, and it, it having Ice Punch also uh, causes me lots of sadness and, and difficulty. Yeah, and he's going to have Psychic soon, and that's going to make him much more of a threat. Absolutely. It's it's funny because I had specifically intended to change uh, my Alakazam's Sangria's coverage move to Fire Punch this week because I felt like it was a better coverage answer to your, your guys' specific team, specifically to Sabin. Um, and I actually forgot to do that. So I was like, ah, I really hope that doesn't come back and bite me in the ass. And I don't think I clicked a single button that was not psychic on Sangria in that entire match. I actually forgot to change um, a move on Holden this week, which really made a considerable difference. I taught him return this week once I got to the move deleter to get rid of cut. And it's like the one move on Holden that takes advantage of his really high attack stat. Uh, And I didn't have that. So bad on me. I'll have it next week. Yeah, that's frightening. And you're also going to get access in the next leg of gameplay to the Earthquake TM, which, assuming that it goes on Holden, which I know if I was in your shoes, that's where I would probably put it. But I'm not, so maybe you won't. But if you give Holden Earthquake, that's going to be horrifying. Yeah, that's where it's going, so that when you guys switch in electric types on him, they will just die terrible deaths. At least on the (laughs) Switch. Oh, joy. All all of Messer Engine's water types will have Earthquake. This is going to be great for the rest of us, certainly. <laughs> it's not really... It's like, like I said, my team is fucking weird, man. <laughs> your, your team is really, really scary, though. It's just... Yeah, you, you have great answers to uncommon things and no answers to really common things. It's, so It's fucking yeah. bizarre. 
You have a lot of good answers <laughs> for my team, which is interesting. Did you know that I spent 30 minutes before our podcast tonight weighing on whether or not I was putting Jules or Casimir in the PC? Because Blizzard hits a lot harder, but has a chance to miss, and Nitto King's special isn't as high. But I only had Ice Punch on Gengar, and his special's much higher, and I couldn't decide. And eventually I just took Jules with me because he had better coverage for other things. I think that you made the right decision there. Um, the fact that you went and taught Casimir Dream Eater is absolutely incredible for your playthrough. But that move is just, it's just a liability in PvP because all I have to do is you put me to sleep and then I switch out and never bring that Pokemon back on the field when Casimir's out and your Dream Eater is completely mellified. Yeah, Casimir honestly has been one of my only options to deal with some of the threats that I have really difficult times dealing with, like in the main playthrough. Like it's, oh shit, everything could die to lightning. Mm, well, send the ghost. <laughs> Gengar is a really, really amazing Pokemon. And, you know, I I can't sleep on Casimir either because you're going to get access to more and better TMs. And you can still easily turn Casimir into a horrifying sweeping PvP threat. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember that uh, Nagata learned Psychic here soon. Um, So I don't need to use my Psychic TM on her. I can use it on Gengar. I can use Giga Drain on Gengar. I can use basically any of the special moves from the um, game corner on Gengar. He's he's a special assassin. Yeah, not looking forward to that. But for now, at least, I'm I'm very happy with how my team is performing. Again, I was very happy that n- not only did I win both matches, and yes, that feels good, but that I won them using very different strategies and very different Pokemon that my entire team is pulling their weight at this point. Even Mojito, who's been lagging behind in recent weeks, really, really showed his shit against Murtry. So that was good. Like, I'm very pleased. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really funny because, like, I have Fire Punch on Murtry just because there's not, there's not a whole lot he can do against a bulky grass type with Reflect. Like... <laughs> What the fuck's he going to do? Just stand there? Um, but I also have Quagsire, who's not coming out for leaves at all. Uh, I don't want to send Holden out to deal with that. Um, Jules is not a great choice. I mean, it's not the worst choice, but it's not a great choice. Like, there's just a lot of things that I don't want to send out against grass types. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's funny because I've been planning for a long time that, you know, well, once we get past the Elite Four, you know, Mojito's probably going to retire gracefully into the bank and, and Wolfram is probably going to take his place because he has so much PvP utility. But, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, that might not even be a thing that I have to pursue because right now, like, we're just fucking killing it as is. Well, yeah, you also have to worry about the fact that uh, Wolfram is going to take a shit ton of damage from fire and there's a fair amount of it sitting around to counter other threats right now. That's true, but at the same time, if if Wolfram, if I do choose to bring him out, if he can just get fucking spikes up, then at that point, that's just enormous, because then you have to choose every time you're staring something in the face, do I stay in and eat this hit, or do I switch and eat the spikes damage and the hit? That is true. Spikes are broken. Spikes don't stack in Gen 2, do they? No, they don't. One, one layer of spikes is all you get. It's all you need. 
All right, guys. Well, that was that was our PvP. Um, that's where we're at. And now it's time to look forward to where we're going. Um, so this next leg of gameplay is going to be a bit different, both because of its status as our mid-season finale as the Elite Four and Pokemon League episode, and also because of the major holidays falling within the next week. Uh, next week's podcast episode will air on Sunday, which will be December 24th, or early Monday morning, December 25th, so Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, depending. And it's going to be another content creator spotlight episode, um, just because of those major holidays and all the time commitments that all of our hosts individually have through the holiday season. Um, our Elite Four episode will air on New Year's Eve, December 31st. Uh, we're taking this extended schedule to allow our hosts to make whatever adjustments they need to our recording and also to our streaming schedules um, to get through the holidays and still fulfill all of those family obligations that we all have. Uh, now, in gameplay, the goal is in sight for our intrepid heroes. We'll be heading back to where it all started in Newbark Town, where we'll be given instructions on reaching and challenging the Pokemon League. We'll be heading through the Tojo Falls, routes 27 and 26, to reach Victory Road and finally the Indigo Plateau and the Pokemon League. Uh, now, the rules for this section will mirror the series finale of Generation 1, where we cannot alter our teams in any way between defeating the Pokemon League champion and our PvP showdown in episode 22. It will also mirror the Series 1 finale in that next week's showdown battles will be worth a huge 40 points each as opposed to the usual 25. Uh, now, the level limit that we all must reach before entering the Pokemon League next week will be 44. As with Series 1, we may level over level limit once we are within the Pokemon League and we suffer no consequence for doing so. We don't have to bench anything that goes above level 44 during the Pokemon League battles. So yeah, this is this is it, guys. This is it for the Johto section of our Generation 2 journey. Uh, how are you guys feeling going into the Pokemon League? I don't really know. Honestly, I don't remember the Elite Four for Gold and Silver and Crystal very well, so I have a lot of research to do tomorrow uh, before I stream um, because I don't know what the F I'm going to do about anything. So, there you go. Look forward to a dazed and confused Mezzer Engine fighting the most deadly trainers Johto has to offer. So I feel okay about it. I've looked into it a bit, and Typhlosion gives me a good counter to a lot of the uh, Psychic Trainers Pokemon because he uses, uh, I believe, two Executes? I could be wrong. It might be only one. But with Gogo and Typhlosion there, I should have no issue. And Awesome! Oh shit. Is is it Psychic Fighting? Psychic Fighting, Poison, dr Dragon, and what else? Dark. There's Karen the Dark type specialist. So yeah, Karen's scary. It's uh you're telling me it's Nagata all the way except for that one drink. Uh I definitely wouldn't use Nagata against the Dark type specialist. Uh that seems to me yes, to be that, very that's much. That's not uh, what we're gonna do. I said except for that one trick. <laughs> so that's going to be uh, giving Murtry a chance to flex. In fact, I think you're the only one of the three of us who has a really solid answer to Karen. Doesn't she have, like, one of her Pokemon has a one-hit KO move? Um, so, no. She does actually have a Gengar, or maybe even multiple Gengars. Um, so not just Dark-type, she also has a little bit of Ghost, too. But I know that her Gengar has Destiny Bond. 
So that's terrifying. <laughs> because yeah, if, if it outspeeds you and uses Destiny Bond and then you KO it, then it KOs you. Um, but basically, just if it gets Destiny Bond off, you have to wait a turn before you kill it or you're going to die too. Time to use an item. <laughs> yeah, and just a quick reminder, we are not doing uh, variable rule sets for the Elite Four. We discussed it, we bannered it back and forth, and we may in future series, but for this series, we're just going to play it straight for, for the Pokemon League. All of us universally are playing it straight. Here's the thought, Jelly. If I have Sandstorm up and Gengar's out and uses Destiny Bond and it dies, does that kill my Steelix? Um, I'm pretty sure if it dies, you die. If it if it dies from the sandstorm though, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't think so because it's not a direct attack. But I mean, you would have to get it down low enough that sandstorm is what kills it. I mean, I guess that you could put sandstorm up and just leave it up forever. But that's <laughs> that's a really long and convoluted strategy to beating out a a Pokemon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess that probably would actually work because you didn't directly KO it. So you knock it down low enough health and then set up a sandstorm and go from there. Yeah, but Gengar's frail, so getting it down to low enough health without one hit KOing it is, is easier said than Mud done. slap. You'll have Earthquake by then. <laughs> I'm just going to hit it and pray. I ain't got the patience for that shit. I- I'm not losing <laughs> a Pokemon to some bullshit like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, now it is more important than ever this week for us to let you know when to find our streams because we are stretching them over a two-week period due to the holidays. Um, so, Messer Engine, you do generally stream first, and I believe that is holding true on this extended two-week period. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'm still streaming tomorrow on Sunday the 17th. Uh, it will be a little later than normal. I have a Christmas party to go to for the family tomorrow. Um, so I'll be on... Between 7 and 7.30, but I, I'm pretty sure I'll be on by 7. Count on 7, and if it changes, we'll hit you on social media. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Mess. And just to confirm, where can our listeners find you streaming online? See, I made you do it this week. I know you missed asking me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can always find me at twitch.tv slash Engine. Awesome. Thanks, Mess. Um, now, as for myself, I will still be streaming this coming Tuesday evening, uh, December the 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash jollybynature. Um, I will most likely not be streaming our normal Friday stream on Friday the 22nd. I'm going to be very, very busy with holiday prep, um, but you can expect my second night of streaming as this week will almost certainly require two nights on the Tuesday after Christmas, December 26th, also 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash jollybynature. Um, and of course, that leaves you, Celeste. When can our listeners expect to find you online streaming? So I'm actually going to keep my same schedule. I'm going to be streaming at 6 p.m. on Wednesday and on Thursday. If I finish this week early on Wednesday, I'll be streaming other things. But more than likely, I'll be finishing Thursday, and next week I'll be streaming other things at those times. Awesome. Thanks, Celeste. And yeah, I, I definitely do want to, to throw out there that there is a very real possibility that any and all of us will be streaming even on days where we might not normally stream and games that we might not normally stream. So if that's interesting to you, if you're interested in seeing us stream other Pokemon content or other non-Pokemon related content, be sure to follow us individually on Twitch, twitch.tv slash jollybynature, twitch.tv slash messerengine, and twitch.tv slash celestelost. And be sure to follow Blastburn Radio on social media, and we'll keep you up to date on what all of our hosts are doing on Twitch. Uh, now, as always, I do want 
to remind you all that we here at Blastburn Radio, we want to hear from you. Not just if you're playing along at home with us, although if you are playing along at home with us, that's fucking dope. And we definitely want to hear about that. But even if you're doing something completely different and you want to talk about it, or if you just want to give us your thoughts and feelings on the show and what we're doing, we want to hear from you. Um, please, please send us your delicious, delicious emails. They do sustain us uh, to BlastburnRadio at gmail.com or feel free to tweet the show or message us on Twitter or Facebook at Blastburn Radio. Uh, now, as always, I do want to thank our hosts for joining us. Celeste, where can our listeners find you online on the interwebs and the social medias? So I'm currently maintaining a Twitter at Celeste Lost, and I will be setting up some more stuff later down the road, but for now, it's that just that. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Celeste. Uh, now, Mess, buddy, if our listeners want to contact you or if they want to check out your other projects, including Mythic Portal Games, where can they find you online? Um, folks can always find me on Twitter at Engine. You can also check out Mythic Portal Games on Twitter at Mythic Portal and on Facebook at Mythic Portal Games. Awesome. Thanks, Mess. Uh, now, once again, you can find me, Jolly by Nature, streaming when I am streaming at twitch.tv slash Jolly by Nature. Uh, if you want to check out what I'm up to or see what stupid memes I'm posting today, uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at BBR Jolly or be sure to follow the show on Twitter or Facebook at Blastburn Radio, and we will, as always, keep you up to date on what all of our hosts are doing. Uh, now, as always, I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-hosts, Messer Engine and Celeste. For Blastburn Radio, I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next Delete time. for next show! Should be interesting. Blastburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste the Lost, and Messer Engine. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy. Check out this and other video game remixes at ocremix.org. Battle and closing music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out all of her great tracks at soundcloud.com slash glitchxcity. Design work and stream assets provided by Rachel Mondragon. Check out her portfolio or contact her for commissions at rachelmondragon.com. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.